Well, hi, this is Pastor Mitch Horton with the Victory Church Weekly Podcasts. I've been pastor here at Victory Church since 1994, and I've been teaching and preaching God's Word for over 42 years. In my podcast, I want to take time to share biblical concepts with you, breaking them down in a way that's meaningful, easy to understand, and will help create a strong foundation for your spiritual growth. I want to see you grow closer to God, and I firmly believe that if you'll take the principles I teach and apply them to your life, that you'll start to see God moving in your life like never before. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Well, I'm glad to be back with you again today in our Victory Church uh, weekly podcast. Pastor Mitch here um, really got an exciting, uh, some exciting things to share with you today. Hey, uh, let me encourage you to do a couple of things here. Let me encourage you to, um, you know, like, if you like, wherever you, whatever apparatus you're listening to the podcast on, like it, and then share it with a friend, and I would love your comments, uh, et cetera, about the content. So, again, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. Love to hear from you. Today, I want to talk about uh, something that I have become accustomed to in life. I came to Jesus in September of 1976, and since then, I have walked with God. But it's been a different kind of a lifestyle, obviously, than I had prior to knowing Jesus. I have learned to live from within, and I want you to uh, learn to do that. Perhaps you already are. If you are, this is an encouragement to keep it going. God wants us to live a life from the inside out. In fact, Jesus said, remember, um, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So putting spiritual things first is really important today. Since we're living, it looks like we're living in the time just prior to Jesus' return. And since we're living in a time of tremendous change and so many avenues of life, now is the time to learn to hear from heaven and listen to what God is saying and maybe the practical applications of what he's saying and some things you may need to alter and change. I've been listening on the inside, and I'm making choices to change some things that perhaps I've been doing for a long period of time just because I see the day of Jesus' return approaching. I see things coming down the the avenue of life, and it's time to make some changes. So learning to live from inside, most important thing you'll ever do in your life. If you want to be effective and successful as a believer and stand before Jesus one day and hear those words, well, good, well done, good and faithful servant, learn to live from the inside out. There's a scripture. This is odd scripture, but the latter part of it is great. Malachi 2, verse 16. This is the amplified Old Testament. God's talking to the Israelites and, and, and kind of getting on them about uh, just about their um, their uh, abuse of the uh, marriage or divorce clause that God gave Moses, and they had abused it just terribly. And God said this to the Israelites, Malachi 2.16, Amplified, For the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I hate divorce and marital separation, and him who covers his garment or his wife with violence. Therefore, keep a watch upon your spirit that it may be controlled by my spirit that you deal not treacherously and faithlessly with your marriage mate. So that part, I want to hone in on this. Therefore, keep a watch upon your spirit 
that it may be controlled by my spirit. Now that seems to jump out at me of recent. Now is the time to keep a watch upon yourself. Are you cognizant? Are you aware of when your spiritual nature is speaking to you? That's the thing that we want to hone in on. Uh, are you aware? Can you ascertain when, when the Holy Spirit in your spirit is dealing with you to make some changes, adaptations, or talking to you about some vein of life? Now is the time to learn to uh, hone in on that. And we'll talk about that a little bit today. Colossians 3 is a scripture that I frequently, and when I wake up at night, I often my mind will go to Colossians 3, 1 through 3, and I meditate on it. Um, and it says, if, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, uh, sitting at the right hand of God. And it, so it says, seek heaven. Then it says, think, he, it says, think heaven. Set your mind on things above. So don't just seek things above. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, we got to set our mind on th some things. I mean, you got to set your mind on your driving if you're driving, or else I don't want to be around you when you're on the road, right? Uh, and, you know, you got to set your mind on your job, on your home, on, you know, cutting your grass, doing some uh, honeydews on the inside of the house, whatever you're doing. You know, you've got to set your mind on it. But what he's saying is set your focus on things above. Let the, let the eternal reality of who you are and the context that you're living life in the view of eternity, let that always encompass what you're doing. And that, that's, that's what he's saying. So let me read it again. He says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, that's an excellent perspective. If it says, for you died, that means my self-interest, my self-desires, the fleshly things that, that categorize me as being this kind of person or that kind of person before I came to Jesus, all that is done away with in Christ. As far as God is concerned, I'm a new person. So there's something that I do on a regular basis, and uh, I do it. I did it this morning when I got, got up. I have a habit of reminding myself in front of God as to who I am. I wake up every day, and as I, I, I usually spend time with the Lord and and, uh, you know, reading the Word, I read the Word, Old Testament, Psalm, Proverb, New Testament, then I, I read books and I take notes on books. I had an, a wonderful time with the Lord this morning when I got up. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then once I have that time with the Lord, then I pray. And, uh, and I, so, you know, I usually start my prayer life, uh, time with the Lord in the mornings. I usually sing. You know, I, you know, let me say, I don't care if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, the Lord loves you to sing to Him. He loves it. And uh, so I sang a little bit. And then, uh, you know, I began to worship God and thank Him for who He is. And then in the middle of all that, normally every day I remind God of who I am. Cause, and and I, do that in, I do that in front of Him uh, so that He knows that I'm aware of what He said about me. So I say things like, every day I've been doing this for decades. Uh, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I say things like, Lord, I thank you today that I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. In my life, old things are passed away and all things are become new. I thank you that you took all of my sin and, 
and removed them from me, placed them on Jesus, and all my sins have been judged because of him. And now I'm a new creature. I'm a new person with new interests and new desires. And Lord, I thank you that I have the ability to live from the inside out today. See, I start my day that way. And then I say, uh, before God, I say things like, you know, Lord, thank you that you said in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that, that you made Jesus to be sin for me who knew no sin that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. And Lord, I want to thank you today. See, I tell him, Lord, I thank you today that I stand before you. I kneel before you this morning in my prayer time. Lord, I thank you that I, I am before you as a, as a new creature in Christ Jesus, a brand new person that never existed before. All of my past has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that there is now, because of Jesus, he was made to be my sin, and there's no condemnation in my life whatsoever. Romans 8, 1 says, Lord, thank you that I stand before you just as though sin, condemnation, and inferiority had never been in my life. Jesus has cleansed my past. Lord, thank you that I stand before you as a person cleansed by the blood of Jesus, a new creation. Thank you. That's who I am now. See, I start my day that way. What am I doing? I'm making sure the inside of me is wide awake. I'm making sure that I am aware of who I am. Instead of living by my wits, living by my feelings, living, living by my appetites of my body, I want to live by the person on the inside. I want him to rise up inside me. I want him to live in, big in me today. So that's how I start my day. And then I say things like, Lord, I thank you that whatever, 1 John 5, 4 says, as born of God overcomes the world, the victory that overcomes the world is my faith. So Lord, I thank you that you've placed your faith in side of me. And that faith overcomes every obstacle, every challenge, every, every, uh, everything that I face that I need to overcome today. You've given me the faith to do it. And faith works by love. And I love you. And I thank you that your faith is working in me. Your grace is working in me today. And then I say things like, Lord, I thank you that it's God. Philippians 2, 13. Lord, I thank you today that it's God who works in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Lord, thank you that you are working in my life today. And I say things like, Lord, thank you that you said in Romans 8, 28. They, uh, uh, all these that um, all things work together for good, good for the, to, to those who are called according to your purpose, to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Lord, thank you that you're working things out to my good today, regardless of what comes up in life. I seek first the kingdom of God. I'm a new creature. I stand before you as though nothing is wrong in my life. Jesus has set me free from my past. And Lord, I thank you today. I thank you today that you're working in my life. Then I say, Lord, I thank you that I am seated with Jesus. See, Ephesians 2, 6, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Ephesians 1 talks about the fact that Jesus, when he was raised up, he was raised far above all principality, power, might, dominion, above every name that's named in this world and also in the world to come. So I say, Lord, I thank you today that I, I am seated with Jesus in heavenly places. That means I have authority over every demonic force that would seek to hinder what you have called me to do today. I thank you that I'm with Jesus and I'm uh, he is the head of all principality and power. And I've been transferred, been uh, um, delivered from the authority of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of your dear son. I've gotten a, a transfer out of the dark kingdom and now I'm in the kingdom of light. And today the spirit of God is going to use me to be a blessing to people. And I yield myself in a fresh way to you today. Lord, I thank you. And then I go further and I say, Lord, I want to thank you today that, that when I came to Jesus, the love of God was placed deep inside 
inside of me by the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 5, 5. And Lord, that love, uh, its its manifestations are the fruit of the Spirit. I thank you today that I have love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and meekness and self-control. It's inside of me. And Lord, I thank you that it's working in my life today. So with every situation that comes up, I thank you that, that the person on the inside of me is the one that's responding. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. And Lord, I thank you that I, I make a choice today to walk in the love of God. And Lord, I, I choose not to walk according to my wits alone, my mentality alone, but I choose to be led by the Holy Spirit, led by the love of God, led by the fact that I'm a new creature in Christ, led by the fact that all of my past has been cleansed and I have been completely set free. And I just thank God for that. See, I start my day that way. And then 1 John 4, 4, I say things like, Lord, I thank you that uh, today that um, uh, I am of you and I've overcome the outward forces, for greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, First John 4, 4. I say, Lord, I thank you that the person inside of me is greater than any force or opposition that I face today. I thank you that I can do all things through Christ uh, who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 13 says, Lord, thank you. Thank you. And then I say things like 2 Timothy 1, 7. Lord, you said, God's not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Thank you that I have, a, I have power. I have, I have the dunamis power of God on the inside of me that answers every challenge and that, and that propels me into what you have for me today, the best that you have today. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Then I say, Lord, I thank you that you said, the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. So, Father, I thank Thank you that I have the angels of God surrounding me all day long today. A thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Thank you. Thank you that I have your love, your favor, your blessing, your righteousness, your peace. And then Psalm 512, Lord, you said you've, I'm, I'm encompassed around about with favor as with a shield. And, and I just begin to praise and thank God for those kind of, see, when you do that, I start my day that way. And that's, I just start praying and I just start reminding myself before God of who he is and what he has. And what does that do? That awakens me inside. That awakens my mentality and my outward person as to who, what the inward person is doing. That's, y'all, that's the way we, we need to learn to live every day. And I want to encourage you, if you're not doing things like this, start doing it. I've been doing this for a long time. And it makes a phenomenal difference. Don't forget that Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. And so uh, again, we've got we've to pay attention to the person on the inside. And it's really important when you wake up in the morning, start paying attention to the person on the inside because that's where the wisdom of God comes from. You know, we're, we're educated in whatever uh, branch of study that you've uh, that you have uh, disciplined yourself in, you have a job, you're doing this or that, or, or maybe you're a busy, busy uh, housewife uh, w- uh, working at home really hard to keep your family up and ra- train the children and maybe you homeschool, whatever. I'm just saying, put your spirit person first. Proverbs 20, 27 says this, the spirit of man, man meaning humankind, the spirit of man or the spirit of a person is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inner depths of his heart. What is that verse saying? Inside of me is enlightenment. Inside of me is wisdom. Inside of me is direction. As I go through the day wondering, 
what choice do I make with this person? What I do? What do I do with this situation? Do I spend money on this? Do I spend time with this? Do I allow my children to do this? Do I uh, do I become friends with this person? Do I make this choice on my job? See, learn to live from the inside, and if we learn to live from the inside, great things can happen. Again, Proverbs twenty, twenty-seven: the spirit of man of a person is the lamp of the Lord a lamp enlightens so the so the spirit of God the spirit of God in in your human spirit when you're born again the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you and me and and he is the he is God and and he's inside and he has he is God because he's God he is wisdom inside of you. And that's what that lamp is all about. He wants to guide you, enlighten your life, show you uh, the areas of life and show you how to make right choices and decisions today. Proverbs 16.3, Amplified Old Testament says this, roll your works upon the Lord. And Amplified says, commit and trust them wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. I really like that. So how do you roll your works upon the Lord? Well, you commit them to him. You talk to him about what's going on in your day, and you commit everything you're doing to him before you do it. That's why it's important to get up in the morning, spend some time with the Lord, remind him of who you are. And then pray through every single thing you'll be doing today, asking for God's wisdom and blessing. And you know, he's promised to show us. Again, Romans 8, um, uh, 13 through 16, New King James says this, For as many as are led, other translations say, For as many as are guided by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. That means these, these are people who are walking with God and they're mature enough to hear his voice. They're the mature sons of God. Many as are led, guided by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And that's a, that's a, that's a term of endearment. And, and it just means that our hearts are, are, are genuinely and intimately connected uh, to God as our father and the idea is we're close to him and we love him and we have a love relationship with him and we're submitted to him we honor him and we're listening for his voice and that all that's wrapped up when he says abba in those words abba father then it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I love that. See, the Holy Spirit bears witness. Now, now what does that mean? There is, a, there is an inward witness of the Spirit. As we go through life, there's an inward knowing. As you're making choices, as you're talking to people, we need to learn to be discerning and listen on the inside. Um, and I, 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 when I first came to Jesus, I l began to learn to do this. In fact, I've mentioned this book before. There's a book by Kenneth Hagin called um, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. I think it's copyright late 70s, like 78 or so. I bought that book many years ago, and I've read it many, many times. But one thing that uh, Kenneth Hagin uh, emphasizes in the book is is the inward witness. And that's where I learned, and he got that from Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself bears witness 
with our spirit that we're the children of God. So again, the Holy Spirit doesn't bear witness with your body. That means you may not feel it. The Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily bear witness with your mind. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. Now there's an inward knowing. We call this different things, an in inward knowing, an inward impression, uh, a, a gut sense, a premonition. Uh, you could call it all kinds of different things. Um, I, I, just, I just had something on the inside that, that seemed to deal with me, somebody may say. Well, see, the voice of the Spirit, it's deeper than thinking. It's an inward gut sense. A lot of people use that phrase to describe it. I'm just telling it's something deeper than thinking. How can you tell when the Holy Spirit's dealing with you? Because it, it, it stays with you deep inside, and it doesn't come. It's just on the inside. Thoughts and feelings come and go. Emotions ebb and flow. But you know what? That which is of the Spirit is constant. And often when God's dealing with you, there'll be something deep inside of you that he's that, that he's seeking to get across to you. That's how why we need to learn to awaken our spirit nature by speaking God's word outside, out loud before you get up. And then learning to be conscious of him throughout the day. If you start your day that way, you learn to be conscious of him. I, I started as a teenager doing this, and it worked into... Um, I finally got, I don't remember when I crossed this bridge, but, you know, I came to Jesus in 76. I went to uh, a Bible school in my hometown, another Bible school. So then Susan and I got married, moved to Tulsa. Uh, and, and at some point during that time, I learned to begin very, very, in, to become intuitive on the inside. And as I'm listening to something, I'm listening on the inside to anything I may feel about what I'm listening to or what I'm involved in. So I may be talking to a person. And now all these decades later, you know, I'm talking to somebody and you may be talking to me and you know what? Uh, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I have two sets of ears. I got my outer ears, but you, but I also have my inner ears. Jesus said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God's saying to the churches, right? So, so again, um, when I'm listening to somebody or listening to something or tooling through life, I got my outer ears that are hearing one thing, but I've got my inner set of ears that are haunting in on, 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 on what's being said. You know, my first um, ministry position in a local church was, was a, I was a personal ministry director for a pastor of the church in Tulsa. And, uh, and that's really when I, I learned to really hone in. I guess that's really mid-80s or so. And, you know, all day long people would meet, sit in front of me with this issue, that issue, this problem, that problem. And I learned to be very intuitive. I, I, you know, there, there's, the, there's the outward issue you're dealing with, but there usually, there usually is the sub-issues that are underneath the surface that, that have not been touched, that are creating the outward irritation, the outward problem, the outward issue. And I learned to listen. I would listen to what the person said, but as they're talking, I'm listening to what to what's being said on the inside, and the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to me. And I, I guess really from there, now that I think about it, I'm just kind of thinking on my feet today. Um, that's, that's when I really learned to become intuitive and, and think that way as I go through life, listen to what the Lord is saying that day. Listen, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, and He is our teacher. He's our helper. He is our guide. He's called 
along to help us in life. He wants us to succeed in the call that God has on each of our lives. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says this, As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And so what is that verse saying? I mean, our, our physical senses do not detect. So he says, eyes not seen, ears hurt, not heard. It's not entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Our physical senses don't detect all that God is and is doing for us. And, and he said, again, the outward person doesn't pick it up, but verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us. That is the things that God has prepared for us. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So, wow, that's really good. So, so my outer person doesn't know everything that God wants to do in me in a particular situation. But it says God's revealed these things to me through his spirit who's inside. Because the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Then verse 11 is really good, 1 Corinthians 2. For what man knows the things of a man or understands the things of a man? except the spirit of man which is in him. Man, of course, is uh, um, generic for men and women, humankind, you could say. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God <clears throat> except the spirit of God. There are things that your spirit person is aware of, that your head is not aware of. See, that's, that's a big thought right there. That's the reason we need to learn to live intuitively. The best way to do that, to be born again, then walk in the light of the new birth. Walk in the light of your, your human spirit. Let your human spirit rise to the surface. And that happens with the more attention we pay to the Word of God, the more deeply spiritual we become. For, as, for what man knows the things of a man, again, except the spirit of man, which is in him. Philip's uh, translation of this verse I came across many years ago. It's blessed me through the years. And I've written it in the margin of my Bible here that I read. For nothing is hidden from the spirit, not even the deep wisdom of God. For who can, and now verse 11 says this, Philip's translation. For who could really understand a man's inmost thoughts? except the spirit of man himself. So there are things that, that I can intuitively know, listen, that I have no other way of knowing. And so as we're tooling through life, it may be our marriage and how we relate to our mate. It may be our children and what we're doing with them, with their education uh, or other things in life, their friends and the things they're involved in in life, etc. It may be our finances. It may be our job. It, could be anything uh, that pertains to this life. Who can really understand a person's inmost thoughts except the spirit of that person? So as we go through life and we're doing 
the natural things we need to do. If we're seeking first the kingdom of God, and if we're intuitively, intuitively aware of the person we are inside, guess what? Then the Lord's going to speak, and if we need to make a change, if we need to do something differently, uh, that witness of the Spirit, Romans 8, 16 says. See, that witness of the Spirit will rise up, and you'll have an intuitive knowing uh, about a certain thing you're dealing with. And, that, and, and when you sense that, that's when I kind of get aside, Lord, what are you saying? And I think about it. I get quiet. And I'm going to talk in a minute about praying in the Spirit. And I want to encourage you. There, God wants us to, again to live from the inside out. Today I'm talking about living <clears throat> from the inside out. I've got a <clears throat> book I read sometimes called Streams in the Desert. And uh, it's a daily devotional reading, and I came upon this some time ago, and I recorded it in my Olive Tree Bible that I often read, and I can attach notes to Scripture. And here's a note that I attached to Romans 8.14 from this book, Streams in the Desert, and here's what this person says. After the earthquake came a fire, and after the fire came a gentle whisper, and that person got this from 1 Kings 19.12. And then it says here, here's the commentary. It says, a woman who had made rapid progress in her understanding of the Lord was un once asked the secret of her seemingly easy growth. Her brief response was, mind the checks. And so, and so I'm reading from the book here, and I got this from Streams in the Desert. The reason many of us do not know and understand God better is that we do not <coughs> heed his gentle checks. And see, that's the witness of the Spirit talked about in Romans 8, 16. Then the person goes on to say his delicate restraints and constraints. And so, and so the bearing witness with the Spirit mentioned in Romans 8, 16, uh, the writer of Streams in the Desert calls it checks or the delicate restraints and constraints. And the writer goes on to say his voice is a gentle whisper. A whisper can hardly be heard, so it must be felt as a faint and steady pressure upon the heart and mind, like the touching of a morning breeze calmly moving across the soul. And when it's heated, it quietly grows clearer in the inner ear of the heart. This person goes on, the writer of Streams in the Desert, the reason many of us do not know and understand God better is that we do not heed his gentle checks, his delicate restraint and constraints. Uh, his voice is a gentle whisper. And so they go on to say, God's voice is directed to the ear of love and true love is intent upon hearing even the faintest whisper. Yet there comes a time when his love ceases to speak, when we do not respond to or believe his message. God is love, 1 John 4, 8 says. If you want to know him in his voice, you must continually listen to his gentle touches. So when you are about to say something in conversation with others and you sense a gentle restraint from his quiet whisper, heed the restraint and refrain from speaking and when you're about to pursue some course of action that seems perfectly clear and right, yet you sense in your spirit another path being suggested with the force of quiet conviction, heed the conviction. Follow the alternate course 
even if the change of plans appears to be absolute folly from the perspective of human wisdom. Also learn to wait on God until he unfolds his will before you. Allow him to develop all the plans of your heart and mind, and then let him accomplish them. Do not possess any wisdom of your own, for often his performance will appear to contradict the plan he had he gave you. God will see to work against seem to work against himself, so simply listen, obey and trust him even when it appears to be the greatest absurdity to do so. Ultimately, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him, Romans 8:28. But many times in the initial stages of the performance of his plans, in his own world he's content to play the losing game. Therefore, if you desire to know God's voice, Never consider the final outcome of the possible results, the streams in the desert, author says. Goes on to say, as it concludes, obey him even when he asks you to move while you still see only darkness, for he himself will be a glorious light within you. Then there will quickly spring up within your heart a knowledge of God and a fellowship with him, which will be overpowering enough in themselves to hold you and him together, even in the most severe tests and under the strongest pressures of life. And so again, this is, uh, this is from Streams in the Desert, just a, a really good commentary and devotional and I got that uh, from Romans 8.16. I really like it. So let me encourage you. We're talking about living from the inside out. I'm going to encourage you to begin to practice the presence of God. I think it was Brother Lawrence uh, wrote a book, Practice the Practice of the Presence of God. And his whole thesis of that was to live in the light of God's presence within all day long. And, and let that be the buffer and let that be the standard the baseline that you deal with life from. What is God saying or not saying about this, that, or the other? And that's where knowing the word comes first. Listen, if we don't get in the word, we give the Holy Spirit, how many know, nothing to work with in our life. He is the spirit of truth. He is, right? He's the spirit of the word. And we, we need to remember that. And let me... Um, let me read to you. I'm looking it up while I'm saying it. It just came to mind. John 14, 26. Um, let me, and I'm, I've got, the, I'm looking on my uh, Bible on my iPad, and I'm going to a particular translation. Let's just look at New King James. Uh, John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Watch. He will teach you all things. Now, see, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. He'll talk to you about the various areas of life and remind you, watch this, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. What's the Holy Spirit's major job? To make Jesus real to us. How does he make Jesus real to us? He reminds us of Scripture. It's a question. Am I meditating on Scripture? Am I reading the Word? Am I memorizing passages of Scripture? See, the more I do that, the more of a repertoire he has to work from, a more of a, a base he has to work from. If I have no word in my life, he has very little to say to me. Let me say that again. If I have very little word in my life, the Holy Spirit will have very little to say to me. Why? He's the spirit of truth. Now, how many times in my life has he, has he heightened scripture to me? Let me give you a case in point. We had a prayer meeting here a few days ago. 
<clears throat> and I, I usually lead the prayer meetings. Sometimes I let staff team members lead them to train them. But I normally lead our prayer meetings, and we were praying in the Spirit. And uh, while we were praying in the Spirit uh, during that hour of praying, towards the end of it, I began to get a phrase that the Holy Spirit was reminding me of from the Word. And it was from the Old Testament. And uh, the, the Word was... Um, uh, in fact, it rose up as I was praying in the Spirit. I interpreted what I prayed. The sword of the Lord in Gideon. I kept saying over and over again, the sword of the Lord. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Well, that's a, well, that's a phrase from the Old Testament from Gideon. You know, God used Gideon. And what I began to know intuitively was, and of course you read the Scripture there <clears throat> in Judges uh, what, chapter 11 and so, <clears throat> that uh, Gideon was... Um, used by God to, uh, to help the Israelites be set free from one of their enemies. And, and Gideon had an army, had amassed an army of 32,000 men. God says way too many people and honed it down to 300. So when Gideon and his 300-man army attacked the enemy, the sword of the Lord, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, well, what was God saying? It's not going to be the crowds that will necessarily usher in the move of the Spirit of God in our day. It's not going to be the crowds that you follow that are going to be right. It's those who have honed in, consecrated, dedicated themselves, who are the true men and women of God who are going to lead what God's going to be doing in our day. That's what I got from our prayer time. But see, the Holy Spirit emphasized the scripture, the sword of the Lord, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So again, the sword of the Lord's the word of God. It's those that know the word, those that know their God will be strong and do exploits. See, that came up. As we were praying all that and see the Holy Spirit from the Word begin to remind me that it's the segments of believers all over the world. It's not going to be, you know, so many gathered. It's going to be small pockets of believers who are listening to the voice of God and, and consecrating themselves to God. They're going to be the spearheaders of the move of the Spirit just before Jesus comes back. And so I said that as an illustration to show you the Holy Spirit often will give you Scripture. He will remind you. Um, <clears throat> many times you'll be saying something and you'll hear something like Ephesians 4. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by whom you're sealed to the day of redemption. And he's talking about uh, words there in Ephesians 4, 29 and 30. So often I've been speaking, he said, don't grieve the Spirit with what you say or how you say it to the person. See, the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He brings to our remembrance what we've placed inside of us. We're talking about living from the inside out. My encouragement is to develop your ability to listen to God while you're living your life. One tremendous thing that God has given us is the ability after we're baptized with the Holy Spirit is to pray in other tongues. And I, I take time every single day to pray in the Spirit or to pray in tongues. I encourage you to do the same. If you're listening to me and you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is very available to you. Go read the book of Acts uh, chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. All of those uh, places of Scripture talk about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Go back and read Acts chapter 1. Jesus told the disciples not to leave Jerusalem until they were, they were endued with power from on high. 
And that was the Holy Spirit being poured out on the Jewish feast day called Pentecost. And that's when the, that's when the church got the power uh, to, to minister life to the masses of people around them. God wants you to have the baptism with the Holy Spirit. With that experience comes the ability to pray in the Spirit or to speak with other tongues, and that's praying in the Spirit synonymous terms. And I do that every day, and I encourage you, pray in the Spirit every single day. It'll make that much difference to you. In fact, while we're talking, I am turning in my Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I just want to read this to you. Amplified is quite choice. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse um, 2, it says this, For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands or catches his meaning. Because in the Holy Spirit he utters, listen, secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. So see, when I start my day, I start just as I said by speaking what God's Word says about me. It alerts my human spirit. It really wakes me up on the inside as I get going in my day. And then I take some time and pray in the Spirit. Why? When I'm praying in the Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit speaking. It's the Holy Spirit helping me to pray. Listen again to 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Uh, Paul says, therefore, let him who speaks in an unknown tongue, amplified Bible here, uh, pray for the power to interpret and explain what he says. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. Listen, let me say it again. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, amplified New Testament. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. So, so what happens when I'm praying in the Spirit? My Spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. And the Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit knows everything. And if you compare this with 1 Corinthians 14, 2, amplified, when I pray in tongues, I'm not speaking to other people. I'm speaking to God. I don't even understand what I'm saying, but in the Spirit, I'm speaking secret truths and hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. So uh, this is a tremendous truth here. When I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm praying out the plan and purpose of God many times for my life. And that's you, you want to be doing that. So my encouragement, living from the inside out, acknowledge who you are in Jesus. Go back and listen to this again at the beginning of this podcast because I rattled off so quickly the things I do really every day just to get my inner person awakened in the morning to begin my day. And then spend some time praying in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, you're uttering secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. It's the Holy Spirit, uh, my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is praying. And I'm praying out the will, purpose, and plan of God. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps our weakness. What is our weakness? For we do not know what we should pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And that groanings which cannot be uttered is talking about praying in the Spirit or praying in other tongues. And then verse 27 of Romans 8 says, He that searches the heart knows what the mind or the will of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then the next verse in context, and we know that all things work together 
for good. Amplified says, and are fitting into a pattern for good. For them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. See, when we begin to learn to live from the inside out, you know, challenges come, frustrations come, issues come, suddenlies come. But you see, if you're praying in the Spirit, you're waking up seeking first the kingdom of God, you're awakening the person inside when you start your day. You're praying in the Spirit. You're praying literally when we pray in the Spirit, we're praying many times, praying out the plan of God. I cannot tell you how many times I go through. It happens all week, and it lets you know that you're living a supernatural life. Uh, some people, somebody said years ago, I think Kenneth Hagin used to say it when I lived in Tulsa, many people are, are missing, are looking for the spectacular and missing the supernatural. See, I, I have the supernatural happening in my life all the time because you pray in the spirit, things happen. You have conversations with people. You've got decisions to make and you know to go this direction or that, that direction. And then things, it's amazing how people come into your life. Conversations are ahead. When you're praying in the Spirit, life begins to work out in some really, really incredible ways. I have things happen really every week, sometimes every day of the week. They just let me know that God is on His throne. He's watching over my life. When you're praying in the Spirit, when you're living from the inside out, it's just amazing how God will witness to your spirit and help you in life. So again, my encouragement in this podcast is let's seek first the kingdom of God. Let's, uh, let's pay attention to the, to the person on the inside. Let's keep a watch upon our spirit, as it says in Malachi 2.16, amplify. Let's seek first the kingdom of God. Let's set our minds on things above not on things on the earth. Let's keep our heart with all diligence because out of it spring the issues of life. Let's keep aware and stay aware that the spirit of man is the, is the lamp of the Lord and God guides us from the inside out, not from the outside in. Let's remind ourselves to roll our works, what we do upon the Lord, to commit and trust them completely to him. He, then he causes our thoughts to become agreeable with his will. And so our plans are established and succeed. Proverbs 16, 3 says, let's, let's be reminded that there are things on the inside in our spirit nature that can float up to our minds as we, as we seek God, as we pray in the spirit, as we pray according to the will of God. And you know what? Amazing things happen. My friend, God has success for your life right now in the middle of the challenging day that we live in. Regardless of what happens, I am absolutely persuaded that all things will work together and fit for a pattern for good for those that love God. My encouragement to you, let's walk in the light of who we are in Jesus. Let's seek first the kingdom. Let's put our spirit nature first, where the Holy Spirit is, speaking to us. Let's, let's put that inner person to the forefront. Let's, uh, let's learn to be led, not just by our intelligence and our thinking, but the intuitive sense of the presence of God on the inside. And as we make choices and decisions today, They'll take us into the purpose and plan of God and work out the situations, whether it's in our home, in our marriage, with our children, with our finances, with our job, with our extended family. Regardless, God will make a way. Father, I thank you that you have placed before us
an ability to walk with you. Thank you, Lord, that inside of us is the wisdom of God. Jesus has made unto us 1 Corinthians 1.30, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. He's on the inside. We're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. So today and this week as we go through life, Lord, may we learn to be intuitive people, living not from the outside in, but from the inside out. I pray that every person that hears this podcast begins right now to diligently seek you so that they learn to live from their spirit nature and not just their mind. Lord, I commit this. Make us a blessing to others. I commit this podcast to you and those that listen to it. Let the Spirit of God use us this week to minister life and to be a blessing in every situation we encounter in Jesus' name. God bless you, my friend. Looking forward to talking to you next time. Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope it blesses you spiritually and helps you grow closer to God. Before you go, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Um, Those simple steps go a long way to helping us reach new listeners that need to hear these messages. Also, I would love for you to reach out to me with any questions or comments you have about the topics I discuss. My email is pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com and it's in the show notes Uh, there on the screen you have. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.